When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You've had some bad ideas. That's the worst one. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Yes. Why do we have to wait so long? Why couldn't they play last night among the 12 games? Yes. I'm just going to keep saying yes over That's football It's football music. season. Matthew Collar. Yes. How uh, excited are you? Matthew, did you, like Judd and myself, just spend the entire night glued to NFL Network watching the Browns? And watching the San Francisco, like watching Bethard, C.J. Bethard. <laughs> C.J. Bethard. So I did take a break from that to watch Maya Moore drop 34 on the Las Vegas Aces. But sure. then, because there was no practice today, I just stayed up and watched the replay of the Ravens so I could see Lamar Jackson play. Okay. Good. Yeah. And he had one good, one good drive, correct? One good scoring drive in which he scored in like a nine-yard run? Yeah, what you see from Lamar Jackson is exactly what I thought you would see from Lamar Jackson, which is a guy that needs a lot of work trying to figure out when he should run, when he shouldn't run, and you know, just filling into an NFL offense and getting the feel for that. But when you see him, you know, break outside of the pocket and totally, you know, pull the uh, whatever they call it with the the bowl fighting what is that would they do the matador thing whatever he did that what, it, what is that called is, yeah, Wait, which what part is what is that called the, the like olay part you know yeah we're that? like yeah yeah, yeah it's like we have the red the red thing i'd go with yeah. just an olay an yeah. olay okay yeah. okay all right sure well he did that to a defender at the at the goal line and then he went in the end zone he made some nice throws but then he also made some not nice throws and you know that was part of the fun of watching last night you saw baker mayfield had a really excellent night and, you know, I was taking a look at uh, some of those offensive linemen, Judd, that, you know, the Vikings could have drafted just in case I need to know anything about them. This is true. So, so, so what will your uh, Vikings-Broncos uh, tomorrow night, 8 o'clock here for preseason game one for the Vikings, what will your trained eye be watching? Because, you know, preseason game one is pretty boring. There's not a whole lot that, that can that can happen early on. But what will you be actually trying to uh, look for during the course of that game? Well, it definitely starts with the offensive line because we think that Pat Elfline should be back soon, but we've never gotten a timeline exactly. I'm assuming he will be ready to go week one, but until we see him out there, then uh, we'll have a feel for how good he looks. But we're going to see tomorrow night Cornelius Edison fill in, a guy that was on the practice squad last year and is kind of getting his chance to show that he belongs on the roster and then at left and right guard, we'll see Tom Compton, who's a veteran, has bounced around. But Danny Isidore is a guy that they drafted in the fifth round last year that Mike Zimmer talked about 
even from the very beginning, from his first, I think it was OTA, he was name-dropping Danny Isadora as a guy who caught his eye. So he's been taking a ton of first-team reps. Does he stand out? Aviante Collins is another guy who's started to mix in at guard. Is there potential that he could you know, play really well over the next few weeks and win that job? It kind of all starts here of seeing how this is going to shape up of the depth of the offensive line. Also, Brian O'Neill, who's their second-round pick, has gotten a ton of first-team reps throughout camp. And he's had his ups and downs, but now he gets to face some real competition. I'm interested to see if he gets in with the first team still or if he's exclusively going against the Broncos' backups. That's number one for me. And then, you know, there's, then there's a host of other things. I mean, there's a battle at running third running back, fifth and sixth wide receiver I think is still pretty open. The kicking competition, I know, Judd, you are shaking with anticipation over field goals that happen uh, tomorrow night. So there is a lot to watch for in this game, even though it is inconsequential preseason yeah. football. All right. Hey, what's what's like the most you would give up for an established offensive lineman in a trade? I mean, would you, would you, how aggressive would you be here? I mean, it's, you kind of have to know the offensive lineman, but if you yeah. were telling me somebody, if you were telling me somebody who I could guarantee that would be average at that position, I mean, Second-round pick, third-round pick. That, that's not something that the Vikings really want to do, but it wasn't that long ago that they traded a first-round pick to get Sam Bradford because they felt like uh, they had a chance to win the Super Bowl in 2016, but they couldn't do it with Sean Hill as their quarterback. Yeah. And considering that, I believe the Star Tribune reported yesterday that, that the Vikings called Joe Berger just in case. I mean, if you're calling Joe Berger – at this point, who is retired and said he's for sure not coming back, then that tells me that you're not exactly thrilled about the possibility of Danny Isadora or Tom Compton being that starting guy. And with this roster, the last thing that you want to happen is to have a left guard injury start to unravel this incredible team that you've built over four years and the $84 million quarterback you lured in here, which never happens. You never go out to the free agent market and bring in a quarterback who's got the resume of Kirk Cousins, and you're able to do all that. And all these high draft pick defensive players who are really good and everything, the last thing that you want is to let it fall apart because of the offensive line. And so I, I think you would be willing to overpay. It's just my question would be, Who's trading a starting offensive lineman right now? Yeah, I mean that's I can't stop thinking about the Bradford trade from a couple of years ago, and the Eagles were in a spot where they had a surplus of starting quarterbacks, which is a rare thing in the NFL. And 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 Sam Bradford was expendable, especially for what the Vikings gave up. I don't know how many teams are sitting on like four starting guards or three starting guards and uh, and looking to deal one. But if if Rick was willing to look at that team a couple years ago and say, you know what, this is a steep price, but this team can do some damage, let's pull the trigger, I feel like he's probably thinking the same thing, if not more, for this team, which is in a better spot than that team was. Yeah, I would think so. And if they can't get uh, anybody to trade them an interior offensive lineman, and, and your best shot is if some rookie somewhere else takes a job from a veteran you know, kind of like uh, John Sullivan. I don't know if it was a rookie situation, but John Sullivan uh, lost the job to Joe Berger. So it was kind of veteran on veteran crime there. But then they decided, you know, to let John Sullivan go. That might be something where you're looking on the last day of cuts. Like, okay, which veteran guy might end up getting the axe here that we could pick him up at the last minute. But even then, you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping, and it's going to be a guy that some other team didn't want. 
So I, if I were them right now, I would also be on the phone with Jari Evans, who is a, a veteran player, uh, played for Green Bay last year. If he still wants to play, another guy who's in his mid-30s, but if he still wants to play, he's probably your best option if there aren't anybody on the uh, trade market. Your thoughts, sir, on what, what we're going to see from uh, first-round pick Mike Hughes, who I'm told has looked v- very good in camp, but of course has not played in games yet and will get his first chance last night or tomorrow night. Yeah, he he has. I mean, uh, when you look at a guy with uh, quick feet and who can, you'll love this, Judd. He's got oily hips. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I wish yeah. I did, but I'm it, old now, so I just o- don't move. You said oily hips is oh, what yeah. he has? Yeah, oily hips. Yeah, I can confirm, Judd. Football! Football! Here he is, Colin. Certain words, you got to play it. Oily hips yeah, is one. What? Oily hips is one of them because he turns so quickly. Yeah, I know. You know, his footwork is, is really excellent, and they've been mixing him in at uh, slot corner, and I think he still does have a chance to win that job potentially. I mean, last year at this same time, we thought, no way Terrence Newman is the starting nickel corner, and then he was. So, you know, there's still a long way to go, and it kind of starts for Mike Hughes uh, on Saturday night if he's going to have any chance to, to win that job because – the preseason games for Mackenzie Alexander is really where they fell apart. And if he does not win that job, we're also going to be watching him as a kick and punt returner because, you know, Marcus Sherrills has fought off many people who have come for his job, but I don't know if he could fight off a first-round pick if Mike Hughes plays really well. Uh, if he gets a couple of good punt returns, a couple of good kick returns, that might open the door for the Vikings to keep somebody else in the secondary like Holton Hill. And, uh, you know, that's another guy to watch for sure. But uh, Mike Hughes, I would guess, is going to play quite a bit. So you covered Tyrod Taylor when he was with the Buffalo Bills when you were out there. And I, I brought this up to Judd in uh, in our discussion about games last night. So Tyrod Taylor, nice little debut in, in the preseason, 5 for 5, a bunch of like 20 yards per throw and, and a touchdown. And it's the best quarterback play the Browns have seen since they came back in 1999. So I think Tyrod Taylor is like the 23rd or 25th best quarterback in the league. You could debate it. Like maybe he's between 20th and 25th or something. That's the best quarterback the Browns have had in 25 years. Right? I don't think, and I'm not even kidding. Like I think I think that's the best quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, before Baker Mayfield even steps foot on a field. Kelly Holcomb, man. Don't sell Kelly Holcomb down the river. In 25 years. There was one year of Derek Anderson that was pretty good, and then that kind of went downhill pretty fast yeah you know with Tyrod Taylor I'm really conflicted on Tyrod Taylor because I did cover his 2014 season and I came away from that thinking you know what or was it 2015 2015 must have been and I you know I came away from that thinking you know I I really like this guy I mean it's kind of like the Case Keenum feeling of like I really like this guy this guy is a consummate professional and he's a leader and and everybody's behind him and he can make some electric exciting plays. I just don't think you can really win with him because the bills gave him a bunch of weapons. There's kind of this thought out there that he had nothing to work with. That's not true. I mean, he had Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, Chris Hogan, and Marquise Goodwin all on the same team. Those guys have all gone to other places and proven that they could really play, not to mention LaShawn McCoy in the backfield you know, catching everything you're going to throw at him and and averaging five yards a carry, and he just couldn't quite get the job done. You look at the last three years, he has been sacked the third most of any quarterback, but with like 500 fewer dropbacks than the other guys. So he's got a little bit of a problem processing and risk-taking and things like that. Uh, So even as fun as he is to watch, I I think we're going to ultimately end up seeing Baker Mayfield there this year. 
If Barr does not play tomorrow night, sir, is that another sort of check mark in the mystery of what's going on with him contractually, do you think? I mean, a little bit, but I don't really know what to make of this situation since nobody will say anything. You know, I mean, Anthony Barr kind of hints that it wasn't just an injury one day, and then Mike Zimmer is at the podium calling his own press conference to debunk rumors that don't exist the next day, and then Anthony Barr is back at practice, and then he's not back at practice, and once again, we're asking Zimmer about it, and he won't give any answers, so we're just kind of all looking at each other like, well, what's really going on here? Because you know he's not holding out, because he's there, and he's got the shorts on and, and the bucket hat, and he's out there, but he isn't taking part in the full team 11-on-11. So that could mean a number of things. I mean, it could mean that he has told them, hey, you know, we're close to a deal here, and I really don't want to get hurt, so if we can limit some of my practice time, considering we have a month to go before we play, then let's do that. Uh, He could be nursing an injury. That's always possible, too. This team doesn't want to say anything about uh, injuries leading up to, you know, the season here until they actually have to. So we're just kind of all shrugging our shoulders. If he doesn't play tomorrow, I won't be surprised because he just really hasn't been out there practicing every day. And I don't know if it's contract-related or if it's just that they don't want him out there and they're going to give the veterans some rest. Yeah. You want to predict a score for tomorrow, Matthew? Do you want to go that far? (laughs) You want to predict a score? Let's see. I will go (laughs) 15-9. to 15-9. I say that um, Who wins? Case, Keenum thro- Case Keenum throws a touchdown. Yep. Uh, we get a we get a safety mix in there. I think Kyle Sloter takes the safety. Oh, and I'm going to wow. say Denver Denver gets a uh, 15-9 win. Wow. Three field goals. Football! Football! Yeah! Football! Oh, He's not done. He's not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Two field goals from Danny Carlson. One of them is a bomb, and that gets Judd really excited. But then he misses one, and Kai Forbass comes in later and hits one, yep. thus bringing him back to neck and neck in the kicking competition. That's my prediction. And my column. Football! Football! Yeah! Football! Football! Zolgad colon, Carlson not the answer. <laughs> All we are saying is give Kai a chance. Oh man, All that's right. gonna be that's gonna be fun as this goes along because I think it'll come down to the very end, the Ma- kicking competition. Matthew, good stuff. Catch his writing on fifteen hundred ESPN dot com and the Purple Podcast. All right, we'll see you see after you, the the dust settles in the Mile High City. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye, Matthew. Fifteen to nine. Fifteen. Oh, and the kicking controversy heats up in a big way if he's right. Yeah. Are you ready? Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We are ready. Now back to Mackie and John. Ready! On 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday! This is Game Show Friday with Mackie and John. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackie and John Zogan. Thank you very, very much. Yes, indeed. Good to be back after a week hiatus. Two, yeah, two we weeks since our last game show Friday. Is it two weeks? Wow. Well, I mean, every week is a week hiatus because it's always a week between game show Fridays. So this is a two weeks. Wow, it's been a long time. We have a flight tour card to give away today, and we have a Quiet Place digital HD download. And we have Ryan as a contestant here. Okay. Ryan, what's going on, man? 
Nothing much. <laughs> just listening to myself. Okay. Just listening to yourself? To the show. No, listen oh, to the show. Okay. We're listening to ourselves in our headphones every day. We're, Ryan, <laughs> um, Dave, what game is Ryan going to be playing today? Ryan, you get to choose your own adventure because it's either an edition of Stump the Punk or Stump the Slob. All right, Stump the Punk or Stump the Slob. Up to Ryan. So, Ryan, you get to decide, do you want to face the slob, Judd Zolgad, or the punk, myself, in general trivia? General, general trivia. knowledge. All right. Ge- hey, general, general knowledge. knowledge. Yes. I will pick the slob. All right, he's going uh, against right, the slob. All right, hold on. That means you got to go in the hallway. So, uh, yeah, Max, just make sure that Judd, make sure Judd doesn't cheat and, and peek on. his head in. I'm getting my coffee cup, though. I'm taking right. my coffee Actually, I think cup. Judd's routine here is mostly like get through the questions as quick as possible to All rip right. the Band-Aid off. Bye, All right, Judd's out of the room. Ryan, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, we have six questions for you here, starting with this one. Which of the following is not a weapon in the original version of the board, clue, uh, the board game Clue? Lead pipe, screwdriver, candlestick, or rope. Which one of those is not a weapon in the original version of the board game Clue? Screwdriver. Oh. Screwdriver is what he <laughs> said. Cool. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. All right. One, one point for Ryan. On which continent will you find Timbuktu? No multiple choice for this one. On which continent will you find Timbuktu, Ryan? Uh, Africa. Ryan's on fire right now. Judd's already got no shot. He may have won the game already. <laughs> yes. All right. Who wrote The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn? Uh, it mm, Close. You picked an old author. Mark Twain was the correct answer. Uh, Mark Twain. I knew that, too. Hey, look. Question number four, Ryan. Typically, which of your five fingernails grows the fastest? I'll give you multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, you want multiple multiple choice? Yes, please. Thumb, pointer, middle, ring, or pinky? <laughs> uh, I will do some. Close. You are two away. It's the middle finger. Thumb actually glo- grows the slowest, I have learned. That's a shame. All right. Question number five, Ryan. Which legendary musician was known by the nickname Satchmo? Oh, jeez. I have no idea. We'll give you five Uh, seconds. Jimi Hendrix? Yeah. Ooh, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. Is the correct answer. All right. This is to finish strong, okay? To post a score of three, although two might be good enough. In Roman numerals, what number does the letter D represent? The line is D. The letter D. What number? Hmm. Five I seconds. Want, I want to say 100. 100 is... Incorrect, but your hot start puts you in a good spot. Max, you can get Judd now. And Ryan, we're gonna uh 
We're gonna bring Judd back in the room here. Don't give away any any secrets here, but that was a long way. You know what he needs to beat you with a flight okay. tour card on the line and a quiet place digital HD download. And there's no reason victory can't still be yours. Judd, are you ready for this? That was really long. I feel like was Ryan it? really put a lot or, into it. It felt like I was out long. there for felt like I was out there for a long time trying to. I think you were out there for about two and a half minutes. Yeah, actually. It felt like a really long, long time. <laughs> All right, let's get going with Stump the Slop. All right, here we go. Which of the following? This is multiple choice. Which of the following is not a weapon in the original version of the board game Clue? <laughs> okay. Lead pipe, screwdriver, candlestick, or rope? Lead pipe, screwdriver, candlestick, or what? Rope. Um, mm, lead pipe. Ooh, I feel like that's a common one used in the board <laughs> game would, Clue. I would not it's know. It's really effective. You could tell. Love the lead pipe. Yeah, it's great. Blunt force. All right, Judd is dangerous. 0 for 1. Very dangerous. It's a weapon. That's the point. Yes. I don't like it's it. Supposed to be. The goal is to, like it's a it. murder I'm mystery game. I'm concerned about this. Okay, to go murder on. people, okay? Like, how, <laughs> how are you going to murder someone with a candlestick? I guess it's metal. Well, you can do it. It's well, in the game. If, if you've lit, if you've got the candlestick and it's, you've got candle and it's lit, and then you get a little Burn bit of gasoline someone. and you find a carpet or something, oh, you can start a you big fire. You could really singe somebody with we that We call it a construction stick. fire yeah. where you burn down their house. <laughs> I've seen it in lots of TV shows. All right, question number two. Yes, sir. On which continent will you find Timbuktu? Let's see. We used to play for the Sixers, then he got traded to the Clippers. Then he started to bounce around after that. The heat didn't work out. Africa. All right. Judd's on the board. He's on the board. Yep. Who wrote The the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn? Is that Mark Twain? Is that a final answer? Yes. You should know that one. You're, you're a writer by trade. Mark Twain's a writer. All right, Judd. We're very comparable. Mark Twain and I, lot in common. Mark Twain, colon. Don't, Huckleberry Finn twi- was no, overrated. No, it'd be, it'd be Twain, colon. Don't play cousins for the love of God. All right, question number four. (laughs) Typically, which of your five fingernails grows the fastest? Do you want multiple choice? I've got this problem. Um, I'm just trying to think which one do I have to cut the the fastest. (laughs) No, I seriously, because I type a lot. I cut my fingernails a lot because it gets annoying if if they hit the keyboard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say your middle finger. That is correct. Yes. And with that, actually, Judd Zolgad is the winner of Stump the Slob. Thank you very much. How about this guy? Thank you very much. Ryan, you're still going to win a prize, so hang tight with us. We'll put Ryan on hold. You're still going to win. Because I get nothing. Just for fun, let's see if you can run these last two, all right? Sure. Who, uh, which legendary musician was known by the nickname Satchmo? Oh. I should know this, and I've heard it. Can't remember for the life of me. I'm gonna. You want a hint? Sure, I'm going to kick myself. Give me a kiss to build a dream on. Louis Armstrong. All right, I knew that too. And then the last one, in Roman numerals, what number does the letter D represent? Oh, I've got no clue. I got, we we did a stump with Roman numerals one time before and I failed miserably. Um, D. D. I honest to God have no idea. Just guess a number. Um, Nine. (laughs) What? Nine. (laughs) What do you mean nine? Nine. No, like a real guess. I was going to make a joke. Don't 99. say something you know, like, stupid like 17. I's and V's and X's are all the numbers that you would find in Super yeah. Bowls, right? Okay, so like yeah. it's something that's beyond what a Super Bowl has gotten to. I have no clue. I don't know. 
I have no idea. It's a 500. Five, okay. I have oh. no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> I don't like the use. You know what? If it was up to me, the best <laughs> Super Bowl of all time was, was Super Bowl 50, because at least that one, they just got rid of the dumb thing. In Judd's mind, every number has a letter associated with I it. I have no but clue. But then once you go to the number 27, you are screwed because no you're out of letters. All I know is I was victorious and stumped the slob That's today. Right. That's right. And I'm right. very Focus proud of myself, and I've got three consecutive. Congratulations. Wouldn't four have been a better guess than nine? Why? A, B, C, D. Where'd you get nine from? Oh, I just picked it out, out of thin air. Okay. I was going to say 99, and then I thought, nah, it can't be 99. Oh, gosh. Hey, All I right. won. I got I got four right today. I'm very proud of you myself. Did. This is a... Uh... Well, you got three right, and then one with a hint. But yeah, well, so with still, a hint, you still. I knew, him. I knew the, I knew that one. I just couldn't remember his name until you gave me the uh, Kermit the Frog voice. Uh, it was a Louis Armstrong voice. I mean, yeah, it sounded like Kermit. <laughs> Kermit's but I more knew, like this. But and I knew Louis's more like this. Give me Kermit singing Louis then. Uh, I, that will make my vocal cords explode. Dave, what kind of <laughs> questions do you have for us next? Really good questions. Question. Twins, Vikings. Yeah, we'll get into it all. All right, cool. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I think there's finger pointing to be going both ways. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. You like that? You like that? David Harrigan has some preguntas for us. Let's dive into them. I don't speak Spanish. Let's keep this English, please. Preguntas is a sizzling hot take questions. Ah, That's the direct translation. Is that what we're doing? Sizzling hot. Mm -hmm. I can do that. <laughs> let's take the concept of the opener in baseball and let's apply it to the Twins. Let's say we do bring it to the major league level. I'm going to give you... One ball game, everybody in the Twins pitching staff, starters, relievers, on the table, ready for you to go. Let's say it's a playoff game. Uh, Could have been last year. For argument's sake. Map it out for me. Who starts? Wow. How many innings? Who goes next? If it's perfect world, who are you going? How many innings? How are you getting through nine and getting a victory with the current Twins <laughs> staff. I know. I like the whole premise. Can we do this together? Know. Can can we do can we do this in tandem instead of going separately? That's just fine. I think we could talk oh, this. Believe out. me, well, this I got is hypothetical. It. It's Jose Barrios for nine, regardless yeah, of what happens. Because you've got to remove Barrios altogether. <laughs> Even with the, yesterday, just keep going. Oh, it, it can't be a day. Going. It can't be a day game. That's true. That's the key thing. Or a road game. The game has to be played at Home night. Home and night. At night. Then Preferably between the months of June then and... <laughs> then it's 9, 6, 1, 0, 2, 10. Well, it could be in Puerto Rico, too. Okay. It could be in Puerto Rico. great. Yeah. True. All right. So let's say it's Gibson. Okay. I think you would start with... Honestly, I, I would start with what I thought was maybe my best reliever because your goal is to lock... you got to lock it down. You can't just... Send some slappy out there, but who is the Twins' best reliever right now? And it's the current, is it Trevor May? I, I would put staff. Trevor May out there for an inning. It's the current staff, so yes, I am in agreement. It would be May. It would be May for the first. And it didn't doesn't Tampa actually do at times the openers? Uh, they pitch the guy for the first, and then they might even have him get an out or two in the second, and then they bring yeah. in the starter. Yes, I don't know if they gauge that. I don't know if they plan that going in. Or but I'm with works. you. Let's say it's May. I I'm think you go May for Gibson. an inning, 
and then you bring in Gibson, um, you know, three times through the order or something. He's actually pretty good the third time through the order. So you bring Gibson in, let's say he goes f- uh, five or six. Now you're into the eighth, <laughs> right? Because you got one and then six, yeah. six to seven. You're into the eighth inning and it's a close game. Yes. And you've already burned Trevor May. Moya? Okay, Moya for the eighth. I mean, he he's a left-hander, so it could and be now you're praying that you're up by nine runs so that you can just run anybody out there. And it would have been ninth. well, it it would have been Reed previously, but he's, he's been, been hurt and struggled so much. But he yeah. would have been the it, it would have gone like Reed Moya or Moya Reed after Gibson and then May starts. That would have been the ideal. Yeah, I don't know what you do now. I mean, Hildenberger has been. Not so great of late. I think uh, you hope for rain in like the sixth inning so that... <laughs> Complete game. And you're leading. Complete game, yeah. Yeah, somewhere in there. And you just like the ninth inning. But people are going, well, why wouldn't you, you know, if you're best reliever, why don't you save him for the ninth inning? I don't know, because if that if the opposing team scores three runs in the first inning, that those matter just as much. I think we both agree that, that we're on board with uh, May getting ample opportunity for the rest of the season. For sure. Yeah. I liked him a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, question two. Trevor May going with Lurch on the back of his jersey, Players Weekend. Okay, Where did that see? nickname come from? That's good. Not Lurch. sure exactly. I mean, he's tall and it looks like I he's... I think that's yeah. just kind of a common nickname but for th- a big, tall guy. But that's a nickname. Yeah. Like, it's not great, but it's a nickname. Do you guys give nickname? Do you give nicknames to your ninth grade players at all? No, they usually have their own nicknames if they're going to have one already. We checked in, uh, I think it was our ninth grade no baseball hit. team. No field. Oh, wow. sorry. <laughs> Go wow, ahead, ripping ninth grade baseball players. I rip them plenty, just not with a nickname. I just tell them <laughs> to the face, man, you really suck. <laughs> you are terrible. Creating self-esteem since whenever you started coaching. We did like a Mickey Mantle tournament one time. I don't know, what's that? Your sophomore year sometime Six, in high 16. school? Okay. Yeah, 16 and we, years old. And it was a tur- where we had to go stay in a hotel room. For, it was like in Brookings or something, yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. And we checked into the hotel rooms with aliases like a major league team would. <laughs> and it was mostly names. For, it was like Nuke Lelouch and it was names from baseball movies. And I think they gave, they gave me Quincy Osborne, which is, which was one of the top gopher wrestlers at the time. Cause okay. there's a couple of wrestling fans. Sure. And then it all came full circle last year when Quincy Osborne followed me on Twitter, presumably for hot Minnesota sports takes. And oh, I didn't want to show him. Okay. I didn't want to show him that I may have a Quincy Osborne, uh, like hand towel that was, Part of part of the gig. He'd probably be flattered by that. Hopefully, he's listening and completely creeped out right now. No, he'd be flattered. He'd think that's really cool. Some high school kid loved me. Just so you all know, uh, Golf Channel has had a steady cam on Tiger for about the last one minute as he's walked from the clubhouse now over the putting green down to the he's already sweating area. He's smiling today. He's he's happy today. Why does he? Why do golfers wear large watches like that? He doesn't play with that watch on though, does he? No, I think the watch comes off. You shouldn't practice. The watch is back though. The watch is very much back. It is. I don't know. We I don't, don't know why. to tell the time now, so it's not functional. It's, it's just symbol. a stylistic thing, I guess. Status symbol. Question number two. Let's just say there was a Vikings event line following the game upcoming Saturday night, preseason game number one, 8 o'clock start in Denver. If you were running that show, Phil and or Judd, what do you expect will be the first call subject about, whether it's a vent, a gripe, or a praise what do you think will be the biggest topic of discussion 
of conversation to come out of Saturday night's game. Trevor Simeon's play. I bet he plays well, right? He gets in the backup quarterback. This happens every bleeping year, and it's just as regular as can be. He's comfortable in Denver. Yeah. Trevor, you know, Trevor Simeon, I mean, why didn't we go with Simeon at quarterback? I mean, we're playing Cousins all this money. It seems to me, Phil, <laughs> that Trevor Simeon can do the job. I don't understand. I mean, this is a good player. This yeah. is a guy that deserves a chance to start for this team against the 49ers. I'll hang up and listen. Is that what the callers sound like? They're all, they're all from Houston. I'll hang up and they're listen. All from, apparently they're, they're from all from Birmingham. They're apparently. all from Hattiesburg. They sound like <laughs> they uh, just hung up with Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> they sound like uh, Brett Favre's mom. No, if we, if we had Ventline right now before the game or after the game, whenever it would be offensive line, right? It would just be why didn't and, it, and it's not even wrong. It would be a bunch of Judd Zolgads calling in. Why didn't Rick Spielman address this during the draft? That's that's what it's going to be. It's going to be offensive line outrage because. Kirk Cousins is going to run for his life a little bit, and there's going to be, or the problem is he can't, or he's going to throw a couple interceptions, and yeah. we're going to wonder why did we pay thirty million dollars a year for a guy who throws all these interceptions? I don't understand it. I have a hard time thinking that they're just going to roll in this game, and that he's going to come out and just sling it around. But we'll see. Nothing bad's going to happen. Defeatist Vikings attitude, right? Yeah. Are we tracking shots on the uh, on the range, range oh, yeah. right now? That's right. I'm this turn is outstanding. And watch this. I think it was Justin Thomas. They caught a few of. That's just uh, the golf channel showing off its technology, right? <laughs> yeah, They're literally on that? the range right now doing the blue so tracker. Can I, so it's 2018, and at a major, you can show the driving range, but you can't show the actual live golf until 1 p.m. on TV. Yeah, that's right. Like well, they, they can, and the P, and the PGA, the PGA could if they wanted to, but they want to. But I bring this up all the time. I don't get it. I think it's twofold. I think they want. I think they it maybe part of it's to cut down on production costs. I don't know if that's the case because it's pretty high production I was quality. Say, I think it's the same uh, over here, but they're only following one group on the stream. Yep. I think it's I think it's just to to offer up, you know, more exposure to their stream because that's the way that everything's headed anyways, right? I guess. But it is odd that Tiger Woods is your most watched. It would be like the New England Patriots are very much available for this playoff game if you want to put them on TV, and they're like, you know what? Uh, we'll show the Bengals instead. You can watch the Patriots online. If over Brady's here, playing, it's online. But when Tom comes out, when Tom comes out, then we'll show it on yeah. TV. That like Tiger Woods could play his whole round yesterday, and when and they go over finally at one o'clock, I think it was, and, and the TNT coverage starts, and he's literally like on the last hole putting for yeah. on eighteen. I don't know. How's Max? Max, are you? Uh, are you breathing into a brown paper bag yet here with this? Tiger Woods is he's on the warm up. Yeah, he, he looks locked in. Uh <laughs> how do you how do you how can you tell as a tiger aficionado that he looks locked in? I think he's gonna in? give 110%, uh, walk, Maxie. The, I don't know, guys, but the walk on the driving range, head down, gave a fist bump to Jason Day. 61, possibly. <laughs> that is where my head is at. Dude, better that chance. Is where my head is. He's locked in or his back locks up. <laughs> Somewhere, somewhere in between, maybe. I don't know. We're going to need a miracle because Kisner and Woodland are off and going. We're going to need a miracle like the whole Tiger Woods You know how George club? Spieth says we because it's like his team? Yeah. I'm part of Tiger's team. We. He also says, God, Jordan. Yeah, he does. He talks to himself a lot. And you know what? If you're going to talk to yourself as much as Spieth does, just start swearing, too. Exactly. Just if drop F-bombs in. Yeah, that sure. would be really nice. Yeah. Um, final question. It occurred to me yesterday. Uh, well, now we're under two weeks from the Minnesota State Fair here. 13 days away. A couple Thursdays from now, we kick it off. We'll be out there. And as it began last year, and we'll have to continue this year, there's punishments to be doled out. Punishments for football picks. 
Phil? I lost, right? Yes. Yeah. You were the... I, I was second place in the regular season, so I may have to take yeah. some sort of secondary punishment, as Judd did last year. But for the second year in a row, unfortunately, you have to face a big punishment. Stefan Diggs poured poured water on me at one point during the four-hour soaking wet excursion, you which were, I thought it was going to be much easier how, than it turned out to be. You were really cold and really wet for four hours. So Phil has been last two consecutive years now? It's tough. So it was... Three years ago that, that you you cleaned up one year. I did. Like yeah. you did great. That was even, three years ago now. I even thought about quitting all of this to just bet on football. I'm just getting Glad so that didn't old. Happen. I can't keep track of time anymore. My yeah. question is, as we we could right now start the brainstorming process. <laughs> Any punishments that you can think of right now that would be fit such a horrific crime as finishing in yes. last place twice in a row now? Well, there's one that I would love to is there any way we can punish Judd or is Judd out? I think Judd's out for winning the regular season. Playoffs, I won the playoffs, and I think Judd finished second playoffs. So I think he's bad year for you. He's he's out for winning the regular season. How did you season want to punish now. me? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out in good faith. If it does come back around to where I have to do this, then so be it. The idea of having to be there from when the gates open until when the gates close. So you, you're at the state fair from like oh, whatever six in the morning, six a.m. till until midnight, midnight. I think they close. So you have to be at the fair for eighteen hours. I don't think that's a fantastic punishment for either of you, but it's probably a big loser punishment because that's a little harsh <laughs> for two guys that aren't f- typical I, fans of the fair. I don't. I'm even, okay. I'm I'm okay on the fair, but I'm it's not. not for eighteen I mean, hours. You guys day. don't go and spend an entire day at the fair, is what I'm saying. You no. don't. You know, you've never gone and you know, hey, let's go spend a day at the fair, hun. I'll spend. I tried. Let's do a I couple hate, hours at the beer garden and yeah, go I couldn't home. take it. I'll spend. You know, I've spent like eight hours if there's a concert at night, and there's been times where okay. I know that there's a concert at seven o'clock, and so let's get there at three or four and roam around, and that winds oh, up being sure. long. But That's like not, yeah. three or four o'clock till the end of the night is still nine hours short of what it would be if you showed up when the gates opened. I would take a punishment in which you were actually it could be executed during the show, and then you'd be done with it. But that's just me. Like, okay, throw. Is there anything that? I mean, the cookie bucket challenge was obviously on the table last yeah, year. It could that be this sounds year. terrible. I've been told. I was told flat out that you won't get through the show if you do it, and, and that's why I I was going to do it and then yeah. decided not to. I, I think I you, you get through get twenty sick. cookies and you. I think you'd be okay, like fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty five cookies, but that's not even. I was told I'd start shaking and get sick to my stomach, and I said I don't want that. <laughs> Who told you that? Well, that much sugar in, into your body, into your bloodstream, and yeah. then in your stomach, I think you'd be it'd be really bad. Yeah. Um, we had, we, we had a big list last year. There were some things that that was one of them. You wound up with the with intern Charlie giving you a pedicure for I think thirty other minutes. I gave him. Oh, a that's pedicure. right. It was the other way I had to rub pedicure. his feet. He's Which still tormented thought, by that. <laughs> I got a note. I I got a tweet from him a couple of nights ago. I tweeted something about the twins saying you don't have to be so negative all the time, Judd. He's still tormented by my negativity. He slid into your DMs yeah. and said, hey, what no, are you no. doing later? Not DMs. <laughs> this was right out there. This was in the notifications. Uh, what, all right, what are, yeah, I think, okay. I'm I'm open to the whole day at the fair thing, just so you it, know. If you're willing to accept that, I think that's a very befitting punishment. Yeah. We could even set up some sort of scavenger hunt or something to keep you busy. And you can do it on the day of a show, so you can be somewhat you know, busy with the show between you know when we get there yeah. eight o'clock or so till one. I mean, it wouldn't be really like because we would we get there, yeah. I so I would be there a couple hours before the ordinary time, which isn't that big of a deal. And we'd have to have you keep track of it on social media, take Post some photos, photos just to prove know. it. Yeah, it's been done before. Yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's keep the negotiations going on this. 
We'll see what happens. Hey, if you want to do it, yeah, go right ahead. I, yeah, ideas accepted via email or uh, Twitter if people want to chime in with some good ideas. Yes, Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. Look at Tiger just prowling on the practice green right now. Look at him, Max. He's sweating out Max his warm up shirt. Max right is now. pumping his left fist right now. He's so excited. <laughs> He's going to have to change shirts before he starts yeah. the round. We're Max do Tiger. three shirts today. It's a three shirt day. Oh. Hey, he was. He was three under par with that second shirt yesterday. I might just put that shirt back on. Don't even wash it. We need a six under shirt. Yep. <laughs> Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. Still looking to get your help in choosing our finalists for Sportscaster Idol. Our judges have narrowed down the field to the top ten. Those auditions have been posted on our website. After watching them, vote for your favorite. You can vote once daily. The contestant with the most votes wins the, well, will join the judges' top three picks on stage at the State Fair for the Sportscaster Idol finale. Check out all the editions at 1500ESPN.com. The keyword is idol. Here's a good segue, actually, from a Twitter follower. Will tweets in, Spend one segment being a little bit critical of P.J. Fleck for Phil. Just spend one segment. One segment being critical of P.J. Fleck. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. As part of a state fair punishment, perhaps. I don't know if that's going to be possible, Will, if the college bowl game mock that Dave just found is correct. It's out, boys. The big lead has come up with 2018 college Football bowl game predictions. You want to do some mocking? Wow. Do we? Do some we that's an absurd, absurd question. Yeah, I was going to say, why are you asking? Well, they've got your national semifinals set up. Washington versus Clemson, Alabama versus Penn State. And they believe Alabama versus Clemson will be your national championship game. But we'll go down from there. A lot of Big Ten teams, of course, in. You've got Wisconsin taking a spot against Stanford in the Rose Bowl. Uh, let's see. Oh, your Notre Dames, Phil, Fiesta Bowl. Not so bad. Okay. Taking That's on not Boise a train State. Ohio State, they're a Peach Bowl team against Florida State. Good matchup there. Michigan State, Citrus Bowl. Michigan in the Outback Bowl. Keep going down here. Holiday Bowl, you'll see Purdue there. Northwestern in the San Francisco Bowl. I like oh, that one. I always love that bowl game. Yeah. Mm, let's just keep mm. on going down. There's got to be a few more. I mean, if they're even in one, quite frankly, I would be Iowa versus Duke pinstripe bowl. Oh, Indiana's in the quick lane. Iowa Duke, that's a yeah. knockdown drag them out right there, man. Maryland getting a bowl game. The heart of Dallas Bowl oh, taking yeah. on North Texas of Conference USA. Yeah. But there's one we haven't mentioned that can often feature a Big Ten team. That's right. Your University of Minnesota Golden Gophers taking on Tennessee in the Music City Bowl. Oh, it's happening. Back. It would be the fourth appearance for the Gophers in the Music City Bowl. The home of Glenn Mason's team, basically. Yes. Of course, yeah, Chip the, moved home for that bowl game, essentially. Didn't they beat Alabama in the Music City yes. Bowl, right? Yes. Okay, did in you like 2004. Yeah. No, but yes, Before they Saban did. got there, but you know what? It's Alabama. Alabama. It's Alabama. Yes. I think it was Mike Shula. It was, and it was in a year that started with 2000-something. And they took it to him. Yeah. This is very exciting. And and you did you say it's the Volunteers? Sure did. Yeah, then you know what they're volunteering what you, for? The good ass kicking. Pay. That's what they're volunteering what for. What do you do if you're Scoggins? You got to cover that game unemotional, unattached. Yeah. Good luck. You can't root. Blogging Scoggins. He's going to short circuit. Peyton shows up. He starts crying. <laughs> it's Peyton Manning. 
That's actually that'd be a fun location too. You get to hang out in Nashville for well, a couple days. Nashville is a great city. It is. Yeah. Great city. Highly, highly underrated. Maybe it's not even underrated. It's just it's just an awesome city. Uh, all right. Find our on-demand stuff at 1500ESPN.com, the Mackie and Judge show page. Have a good weekend, guys.